0: I'm Robbie Wilson, an Associate Editor at Functional Ecology, and today I'm speaking with Nigel Rain about his recent work to be published on the negative role of pesticides on the foraging behaviour of bees. Hi, Nigel. Hello, Robbie. First off, could you tell us a little bit about why bees are so important to ecosystem function?
1: Well, bees obviously provide uh, the pollination, which is a critical service for for ecosystems both in terms of crop production Um, so crop pollination is massively important we think about approximately one in three mouthfuls of food um, that we eat as humans is is reliant on insect pollination and that's primarily bees and we know that um, more than 90% probably of of flowering species uh, rely on some form of insect pollination Um, so that's uh, it's a really important uh, function that they provide.
0: Yeah. So your studies indicate that pesticides can affect the foraging ability of bees. How do you go about measuring the foraging performance of bees?
1: Well, in our study, what we did was we, um, all of the bumblebees in our colonies, we fitted with small um, RFID, radio frequency identification tags. Um, One of those is stuck on the back of each individual bee. They're very, very small and they're very light, so they don't affect the flight performance of the bee, but they're uniquely coded so that when they pass under a reader, that we can tell when that individual has left the colony to go out foraging and when it comes back. And that gives us an indication of how much foraging the bee has done, how much time it's been outside the colony. And in addition to that, we can look at the amount of pollen that the bees collect when they come back so we can see how much they've collected and we know how long they've been out so we can get a measure of their, their pollen foraging efficiency.
0: Right, okay. So um, how did the pesticide seem to affect the the foraging behaviour of your bumblebees?
1: Well, in our experiment, we used two different types of pesticides. Um, One, um, a neonicotinoid, and the other one is a pyrethroid pesticide, which are applied in different ways. Um, And hence, the bees are exposed to them in slightly different ways when they encounter them in the field. The neonicotinoid pesticides are systemic, so they're applied as a seed coating, and the bees uh, experience those as as small levels of residues in the nectar and pollen they collect. So they actually ingest that. They take it into their body when they're feeding, um, and they also feed it to their offspring. The pyrethroid is sprayed onto the crops, so there's residues on the flowers when the bees are visiting them, and so they get uh, contact exposure to those pesticides so the, the, the exposure is on the outside of the body, on the outside of the cuticle. The neonicotinoid pesticide imidocloprid that we used um, actually affected the individual foraging performance of of the bees. So, what we found under normal circumstances, bees go out and they learn about the world, they learn about flowers and how to handle them and extract pollen effectively. So that you would expect normally uh, bees to, uh, to to get better at pollen foraging. What we found in our study um, was that the bees actually, when they were when they were exposed to this imidacloprid neonicotinoid pesticide, they didn't improve. It all. In fact, they got slightly worse as, they, uh, uh, as the experiment progressed. Mm. And overall, we found that the, the individuals that were, were treated with the pesticide um, were less good at collecting pollen um, and the colonies in which they, they were living were bringing less pollen in. So that mean, is a limiting factor for the um, amount of uh, brood, the amount of young bees that they can raise because the pollen provides protein and, and lipids for, 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 which are wow. essential for larval growth.
0: So I'm fascinated by this idea that, that in the bumblebees that aren't affected by the pesticides, they usually improve in foraging performance. Now, is this because they, they just get better at spotting the, the flowers and finding the sources of food, or is it that they get better at somewhat motor control and
1: handling of it? Well, I think it's probably both, actually. Um, So we've done earlier experiments where we've been looking at um, at bees and how they forage in, in the field. And if you look at how they handle individual flowers, you see as they get more experience with those flowers, they become quicker at handling them to get the same rewards out of them. And that happens very quickly if they're foraging for nectar. It happens a little bit more slowly if they forage for pollen, but they, they improve visit on visit over maybe a few hundred flower visits until they get really quite adept at taking the, the pollen out of flowers. But also they obviously learn about the local area in which they're living, um, where the flower resources are, and which ones are the most rewarding at particular times of day. So they may have found a patch of flowers yesterday, but found it at the wrong time of day, so that the, the amount of pollen in it was quite low, but they, they go back to it maybe the next morning and find that the pollen levels in those flowers are higher again. Um, right. So, so they, have to, they have to do quite a complex task and keep track of all these different resources and how they vary both um, over the course of the day and, and also over spatial, um, uh, over different places in different locations and also over over, daily, um, over different days. Yeah.
0: So, do you have any sense of what is the biggest impact of the, the pesticide then in, in in them handling their um, their pollen or nectar or
1: finding the, the flowers? Well, from our study, it's it's quite difficult for us to tell what the um, what the pesticide is doing in the field, so we were exposing the bees um, inside, inside the lab, but the colonies were set up there such that they could fly outside. Mm-hmm. So once they left to go out into the field, we have no real control over what the bees are doing, sure. they're just foraging in a common landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I was, uh, yeah, so, so that's really, that, that, it's really hard for us to tell, and I think that would be a really interesting experiment to try and look at in future. Right, okay.
0: So, is that in talking about your future directions? Obviously, there's huge implications for, for the work we're talking about. Um, you know, certainly in terms of uh, the types of pesticides that, that we use in, in our environment. What, what is the next step for you guys?
1: Well, the, this is one of only very few studies so far that have looked at sort of combined impacts of pesticides uh, on bees and their, their behavior. So a, a lot of studies so far have really, really focused on um, the lethal impacts of, of pesticides and at what level do we see uh, bee die-offs. Clearly what we're, we're trying to get at is is a field realistic scenario where um, the, the levels of pesticide that the bees are actually encountering uh, when they visit treated crops, um, what possible behavioral impact are they having on bees, and what might uh, what what impacts might that have for the future in terms of the behavior of those individuals? how that feeds into the the uh, growth and success of the colonies to which they're a member of if you 're talking about social bees like bumblebees and, yeah. and honeybees and and how that translates into into population survivorship and and uh, and the pollination sort of declines of pollinators that we're seeing as a global phenomenon.
0: Do you think it's too early to tell what sort of effect these um, pesticides are having on a colony level?
1: That's a really interesting question. So what we're seeing is impacts uh, of these, uh, of these uh, relatively low concentrations of pesticide on the behaviour of individuals, and clearly that is having an impact on, on the colony as well. So all of those individuals are required for normal colony functioning and if all of them are even slightly impaired or even a, a, a proportion of those bees are slightly impaired, we might expect an impact on colonies. And that's, that's entirely what we found in this experiment. We found that um, in terms of the pollen foraging, uh, individuals were bringing in less pollen in the imidoclopper-treated colonies. Um, so those colonies actually tried to send out more bees to compensate for that, that um, individual impairment so they sent more bees out to go and find pollen to try and deal with that shortfall in pollen coming in to feed the larvae um, and, and as a corollary of that so what happens is you send more bees out you're likely to lose more bees because they're doing a more dangerous job they're going out into an unpredictable environment with more predators and more chances of getting lost you're actually increasing the loss rate of your workers which also has an impact on colony growth and success so um, yeah there, 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 there's a clear linkage between the impacts on the individuals and how that's feeding into colony function
0: right it's something that i've not really thought of before which is that a proportion of the foragers that head out actually get lost is is this mm-hmm. quite common
1: yeah, this is pretty common, uh, and it, it varies quite a lot depending where they are, um, uh, in uh, what, what the local sort of predation pressures are, how variable the weather is, but certainly we know that's quite, quite a risky thing. Um, in honeybees, for example, um, the, the, the workers will all become foragers at some point in their career later on in their life, and they do that because of this, this high level of, of mm-hmm. attrition of bees that go out. In bumblebees, the situation's slightly different. The larger bees, the larger workers in the colony tend to be the ones that go out foraging, but they will do that from, um, from a few days after when they hatch out from the pupa. Um, so they, they might actually have uh, quite a long career as a forager um, if, they, if they manage to keep going.
0: Yeah. OK, well, thanks, Nigel, for sharing your work with us today. It's important work, and um, uh, good luck in the future.
1: Thank you. For, thanks
0: for your help.